Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen, at snc.tv and local now, channel 525. I'm Tom Muller. This is Along the Way. A group of people in the South Metro, alarmed by the number of homeless on their streets, went to the Englewood police chief and asked how they could help deal with homelessness. That was the beginning of a network of over 40 faith-based and social action organizations called Change the Trend. I talk with Mike Sandgren, missions pastor at Wellspring Church, right after this from cowboy poet Jeff Hildebrandt and his view from the pew. Three riders rode through the morning haze. They stopped to let their ponies graze and boil their reused coffee grounds, and presently they heard the sounds of singing from some nearby place. They recognized amazing grace. Ben said to brothers Bill and Joe, must be Sunday. We should go. They brushed off dust the best they could and rode to where the chapel stood. But the service was just getting out. They turned to leave, then heard the shout as several people walked their way and asked them if they'd like to stay. It's potluck supper. Take a seat. There's always lots of food to eat. The meal was great. The sweet tea flowed, and they even got some grub to go. And as those cowboys rode away, the riders heard the preachers say, Adios, you boys be good. And if you're in the neighborhood, just stop on by and rest a spell. Then everybody wished them well. Three riders rode, smiles on their face, as young Joe hummed Amazing Grace. Ben said, those folks were really nice. I know, said Bill, one thanked me twice for taking time to share their meal and Swap some stories. It was real pleasant, interrupted Joe. I was sad we had to go. Ben said he felt the same way, too, then added, What the three should do is head back soon and take some friends. And this is how my story ends. They were saved, eventually, all thanks to that hospitality. Thank you, Jeff. Jeff's latest book is Positive Rhymes for Perilous Times. Many of the poems you hear on Along the Way are from that book. Positive Rhymes for Perilous Times by Jeff Hildebrandt, available on Amazon. Change the Trend is a network that seeks to do what the name implies, change the trend toward homelessness in the South Metro area. Mike Sandgren is the missions pastor at Wellsprings Church. I am the network leader of Change the Trend. It's Uh been part of my role at Wellsprings since 2017 when it started. Um, Back in 2017, it was actually um, within the city of Inglewood in the South Metro region. The leader of the local pastors network teamed up with the old chief of police um, to bring some stakeholders together to just just have some conversation around homelessness. Um, the chief of police was starting to recognize that upwards of 50% of the calls his officers were going on were relating to homelessness in one way or another. You know, it was the the resident with somebody you know, sleeping in their alley or the business owner with somebody hanging out in their lobby. And they were, you know, engaging law enforcement and saying, can you do something about it? And the chief was really trying to ask the question, what can we do about it? Uh-huh. Um, 
So he teamed up with the the Pastors Network. They brought some nonprofit leaders. They brought some folks from the city. They brought some some faith leaders together um, just to have some conversation. They did about four meetings through the spring and summer of 2017, really asking the question, what is our city doing about this issue of homelessness? Um, what are we not doing about this issue? And what could we do a little bit more collaboratively to fill some of the gaps um, in in the city of Inglewood? And so we had some good conversation during those first four meetings. And then at the end of the last meeting, the facilitators said, show of hands, who'd be willing to start meeting to try to work together on homelessness? Uh It was that specific uh, from the get-go. But several of us raised our hands, started meeting on Thursday mornings. um, And from that group, we've built um, this really collaborative um, entity called Change the Trend. It's a network of different service providers, stakeholders, um, really anybody who wants to be involved in addressing homelessness um, can join the network, get to know other stakeholders, and then build partnerships and and build more of a streamlined collaborative front to Mm -hmm. um, steward all of our resources to to address the issue. The motivation was not what do we do to move these people out of here and have them go down the road to some other place, uh, but what do we do that can be redemptive? Absolutely. We were we were really starting to ask the question, you know, the the issue is present in our community. You know, there are people who are finding themselves without a home right here in our community and you know, what can we do? You know, because we're, mm-hmm. we're called to serve um, the vulnerable. We're called to um, be a redemptive presence in the life of the marginalized. Um, and so, you know, it re- that really was the motivating question was how can we be that type of presence for mm-hmm. our unhoused neighbors? Um, so right from the get-go, we – we put our we we really spent some time kind of discerning what is the right course of action for us as a group because um, it really to your point it started with a need not necessarily marching orders so we kind of had to build our marching orders from ground up as well um, a couple of the gaps that we had identified in those initial conversations was that we. Um, we didn't necessarily have a robust um, st- system to invite mo- new stakeholders into kind of the mix of addressing the issue. Um, so we, we decided that community engagement was something we really wanted to focus on um, as a network. Um, and then we also realized in those initial conversations that we actually had some, some great, you know, some, some ministries, some other organizations doing some relief-based services. You know, we had some food banks. We have the Severe Weather Shelter Network in the area. And so there were services that were available to people as they were experiencing homelessness. Um, but one of the gaps we identified was was we, we didn't necessarily have a plan for really journeying with people out of homelessness when, when folks are ready to take that step. We saw it as a gap of really walking and supporting people on that journey. And so we decided to do what's called resource navigation to where when we all had clients that were ready to kind of take the step out of homelessness – um, we really did our best to rally around those folks and and provide them the support they needed, um, whether it's a connection to get an ID, whether it's a connection to a housing uh, program, whether it's a connection to an, uh, a job or an employment program. Um, 
we we just did our best to surround those folks with the collective resources of the network. Um, so the the first couple of years looked like we would we would alternate. One week we would talk about community engagement, recognizing that you know, as a network we had more of a natural platform than any one of our agencies did on their own. Mm-hmm. And so we did a, a few community engagement events. We did some community forums. We kept an open invitation to anybody who wanted to join those Thursday meetings. Um, we've seen those Thursday meetings grow quite a bit in the in the last several years. Um, so we would do that every week, and then every other week we would focus on resource navigation, where we would just walk through, hey, you know, we all have shared clients. We're all seeing some of the same faces, learning some of the same names. Mm-hmm. Let's pool our resources and see how we can support these fe- these folks as they journey out of homelessness. So we would just alternate community engagement, resource navigation, and that's really how we lived for, uh-huh. for several years there. And the Thursday meetings now are now online. We we started meeting right in Inglewood. A local church, the Sacred Grace, um, would host us every Thursday morning. The original group was you know, five, seven folks. We grew to about maybe 12, 15 on a good, uh, good day. Um, and then when the pandemic uh, started, obviously we switched to a, an online format. Mm-hmm. So we, we started meeting via Zoom. And really at that point in time, we saw the, the network really explode mm-hmm. to where um, we formally, around that time, we made an expansion to say we formally served the Tri-Cities of Inglewood, Littleton, Sheridan. Um, and that was following suit around just recognizing homelessness as a regional issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we really expanded to have more of a regional scope of work, um, even though we were birthed in Inglewood. Um, and then when we switched to a digital platform in response to COVID, we, re- we really saw those Thursday meetings explode mm-hmm. to where we started seeing some human service workers from Arapahoe County join. We started seeing some folks from the libra- the local library um, system join those meetings. We saw folks from a wider reach of nonprofits um, join to where actually this year we've been averaging 47 attendees every week. Wow. Um, You've been using the term stakeholders for people who – uh, may not be familiar with that uh, term. Uh, define what stakeholder in this context means. Yeah, that's a great question. A stakeholder, as I use the term, is really any person or entity that wants to get involved in homelessness. And I use that term intentionally because we do have a lot of service providers. We have a lot of nonprofits, some of our, our human service worker partners, folks who are giving direct services. So those are the shelter providers, the food banks, the community cafes, anybody who's giving a specific service to people who are experiencing homelessness. But we we use the term stakeholder because we want to cast a broader net than just those service providers. Mm-hmm. You know, we want to welcome residents who, who aren't necessarily running a nonprofit, but really want to explore how they can be involved. Mm-hmm. We also want to welcome business partners um, who, you know, maybe they don't have a specific focus on addressing homelessness, but they want to be a, a good neighbor and, and be part of uh, the solution. And so it's been really cool to see the broad kind of stakeholder community, meaning anybody who wants to be involved in homelessness, really come together and, and think creatively together about how each person can find a niche to really be involved. And as you just said, uh, even homeowners, residents in the area, uh, that can be very, very benefit. They are living there. Uh, they have an interest in uh, many, uh, on many levels, really. Uh, uh, crime prevention levels, uh, helping levels. Uh, and do, do you have many just residents who say, I'm a resident, I'm interested in what's going on? 
what I can do? We have had several um, throughout the, the years that Change the Trend has existed. And, you know, one of the things that we have really tried to um, do our best to acknowledge from the get-go is that homelessness is an issue that's that's felt throughout the community. You know, it's it's felt in legitimate ways in you know, residents who are just feeling the tension around, you know, somebody's sleeping in my alley or it's Mm -hmm. you know it's it's legitimately felt by business owners who are asking the question what do i do when you know somebody's maybe overstaying in my lobby and um, but it's most significantly felt in the lives of people who are find themselves without a home yeah um and we've really tried to take a disposition of those you know this is an issue that that is legitimately felt like all of those experiences Mm -hmm. are real um Mm -hmm. And, and in doing so, we've been able to kind of cast a wide net to, you know, bring in some of those, you know, residents, business owners, other folks who are, um, who are just genuinely wrestling with the issue and, and, yeah. and you know, wondering what, what can be done and how they can be a part of it. And so we've been able to make volunteer referrals, you know, residents kind of wondering what's going on around the issue. Well, here's a network of a bunch of different nonprofits and, and other partners who are working on, on the issue. And they all have volunteer shifts, so uh-huh. it's a great way for you to get involved. You know, um, they all take donations, and uh-huh. so if you wanna if you wanna support them financially, here's here's a way for you to get involved, um, so that even as you kind of wrestle with the issue, we can kind of channel that wrestling into something that's that's more productive. In that wrestling comes a charge uh, that uh, why are we doing this? We're just attracting more homeless people to our place. We don't want to attract them. Uh, that's an issue that uh, I'm sure you've all wrestled with. How do you speak to that? Yeah, that's one of the one of the trickiest, kind of most delicate conversations we find ourselves in mm-hmm. on a regular basis. Is you know the as we as we look to serve the vulnerable that are in our community, um, do we? Um, are we, are we risking attracting uh, more people to to the community? And mm-hmm. you know there there are a lot of different opinions on that that conversation. Um, what we've really you know what, what we what we really hone in on is you know the the issue is real in the community. You know there's really no denying that mm-hmm. that homelessness is an issue and that we need to do something about it. Um, and so you know we. We absolutely want to be thinking about the right proportion response, and we also want to be um, supporting breathing life into responses in other communities so that, you know, as we think regionally about the issue, um, we're not being disproportionately, you know, growing services in one um, portion of the region while other portions of, of, you know, if we take the Denver metro area at Mm -hmm. large, you know, you wouldn't want one portion of the, the metro region to you know, build all of the services because then you probably would, you know, have that kind of attractional um, um, difficulty. Uh-huh. Um, but what we want to do is make sure that we're fulfilling our responsibility, fulfilling our calling to serve the vulnerable in our community, um, and then really giving our support and lending our support to initiatives in other parts of the region, so that really our region at large can each be taking taking care of the vulnerable in their respective portions of the region, and hopefully minimize some of that kind of if you build it, they will come kind uh, of yeah. concern. From the get go, we've really been asking the question: How do we support folks on a journey out of homelessness? Mm-hmm. Um, 
And we've just really seen that as our niche. You know, we have a lot of our network agencies that are doing a lot of that relief work, and we, we love that. We, we support that. Um, we think that that's really needed. But from a best practice standpoint, we really think those relief-based services always need to be coupled with genuine opportunities for folks to journey out of homelessness. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we're really trying to introduce into our community through working on resource navigation. Um, the story I want to tell is of one of our network agencies that does motel sheltering. Um, traditionally, they do um, sheltering in motels just on severe weather nights during the winter months. Um, but during during the height of COVID, you know, April 2020, May 2020, um, they got funding to actually shelter 35 families continuously. So these, these were 35 families who were homeless um, in the Tri-City region, um, got connected to Hatforce, this nonprofit, um, and they were able to actually be in motels in a shelter scenario from April of 2020 all the way through May of 2021, um, and there was funding available to, to shelter them. You know, that's, that's relief. It was getting them off the streets and getting mm-hmm. a roof over their head. Um, and we, we started to realize, you know, we have 35 families sheltered, you know, what are we going to do to make sure that as many of those families move into something more sustainable and more permanent and don't end up just back on the streets when the funding runs out? Right. And so Hatforce came to change the trend and said, hey, could we um, surround these families with um, services and, and try to do our best to make connections to move them into something more permanent? And um, we gave them agenda time on Thursday mornings. We rallied our resource navigation efforts around those families. Um, we interacted with some partners at the county, some of the family navigators at the at Arapahoe County. We brought in an, a case management firm, um, and you know the police departments got involved. Other nonprofits got involved. We were doing telehealth to these motels. We were delivering meals, just building relationship with these families. And through that process, actually, twenty eight of those thirty five families. Uh, moved into permanent housing. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, now, you, you mentioned agenda time. That's where you put people on your meeting agenda telling what they're doing and how they can help and how they need help and so forth and in terms of your Thursday uh, Zoom meetings. How we structure those meetings is we start by just um, – opening up for what we call agency updates. So any any of our network agencies that have something new going on in their agency, anything new that they've seen or observed about homelessness in the area, it's just information sharing time. And we've gotten really we've gotten the feedback that that time is really valuable. It's time for kind of the community at large to learn from each other, hear what's going on and just share information. The bulk of of each meeting really consists of either working together on a collaborative project. Um, So, for example, we've done a lot of work around uh, working together to to collect data around homelessness. Homelessness is a really tricky issue to track, um, and we've we've done a lot of work to try to increase our capacity to really track the issue. Um, So we'll, we'll do that, those types of projects during um, those those Thursday meetings, or if there's a new agency in the area, um, you know, we we create time during those meetings to have that agency come in and present on on who they are, what they do, kind of what they're all about, and and just get get exposure to the the rest of the 
the stakeholder community. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also use those Thursday meetings to do some trainings for um, our, our partners. You know, we've done trainings on trauma-informed care, how we think about mental health. Um, we've done training on, you know, how to be sensitive to a diverse array of clients and service providers. And so, you know, we have a lot of, you know, nonprofits who are doing great work. Um, and we have really the whole gamut. Some are, you know, kind of grassroots, kind of smaller organizations all the way to larger, more robust organizations. And so, um, you know, having some type of entity that will do some capacity building training um, free of charge to anybody who wants to access it, I think has been really valuable. I'm speaking uh, with Mike Sundgren from uh, uh, Wellspring Church. He's the mission pastor there and uh, also changed the trend is this network in the South Metro area. Uh, Mike, from your standpoint now as uh, a missions pastor, uh, you're, you're functioning as sort of uh, putting it all together, but also you're functioning as a stakeholder with a very specific mission. Uh, tell me about your work as a missions pastor as a church in that mix. My role at Wellspring as the mission pastor is to oversee our what we call our compassion ministry. It's a three-pronged model towards poverty alleviation. So Wellspring from day one has always been a congregation that really has, has sensed a call to be faithfully present in the city of Inglewood and to care for the poor um, within that local community. And so our, our launch team 20 years ago when they were just meeting as a Bible study used to always invite, you know, neighbors who are just walking by on the streets, just invite them in to their mm-hmm. have dinner with them. That grew into kind of a meal program, food bank when they got their first building. Um, and really that value of care for the poor really through the years has has grown into a, what we call the, our compassion ministry department now, which I, I now lead. And so uh-huh. we really have a three-pronged approach. So we have a Sunday afternoon program where we provide a meal, um, we provide a food bank, we provide a free medical clinic, and we really do, it's kind of a resource center. And then we also have a partnership with an organization called Cross Purpose that does a six-month career community development um, training program. So they're going to, they take folks who are, you know, just kind of, you know, on just struggling in, in, you know, maybe in a cycle of poverty. And what they do is build and build a marketable skill for them, and then they place them in a job. Um, and then leading change the trend is really our step into the community to mm-hmm. play a role in really creating a community within our city and within our region, um, where the vulnerable are cared for. And as a Christian radio station, uh, uh, we're especially interested in seeing rescued people get rescued from their sins and uh, rescued into eternity. Uh, And you do have a number of uh, Christian organizations within those 40, uh, uh, the group of 40 service agencies who are doing exactly that. Yeah, absolutely. Within, so... Um, within Wellspring, you know, we are we are about the kingdom of God. Um, we want to participate. We want to accept God's invitation to participate in the work that He's doing to build His kingdom, to introduce Himself to the world, and we really see it as our call um, to represent Him and represent His kingdom um, right within the city of Inglewood. Um, and then you're right within the Change the Trend Network, we. We have a number of agencies who are explicitly faith-based, who are, are partners in that kingdom work, um, who are um, kind of unapologetically um, going about their work um, and even their participation in the network um, 
as as Christians and you know it's it's fun you know we don't we don't require a faith commitment um, to be part of the network or anything but um, during network meetings we <laughs> uh, you've been part of them before yeah. you see mm-hmm. some folks you know Lynn Ann for example from the Severe Weather Shelter Network she uh-huh. is you know if you, if you're a praying person you need to be praying for me right now because <laughs> I'm overwhelmed you know um, and just seeing some of that um, some of that um, more kind of explicitly kind of spiritual um, content make its way into the meetings yeah. in ways that that isn't you know abrasive isn't kind of shoving anything down down the throat of anybody who doesn't share those those commitments um, but really is winsome and really stands shoulder to shoulder with uh, our non faith based partners um, in a way that that hopefully builds a, a pretty compelling witness. What what kind of message do you have for listeners uh, regarding? homelessness in general or uh, specific issues that may be facing them in their neighborhood? It's a field where the the grace of God is so incredibly apparent mm-hmm. um, and so incredibly needed as you go about uh, starting to interface with um, the those within your community who are experiencing homelessness, who are maybe struggling with cycles of mental health, with addiction, um, and you know, it, it it's it's an area where you rely on the grace of God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you you rely on the the working of God you, um, because one of the things that folks learn very quickly in this world is that, or in in the kind of the field of of homeless services, is that you don't have everything that your clients need. Mm-hmm. You know, I I don't have capacity to meet every need that everybody who comes to the well has, mm-hmm. you know, there's, and, and I feel a calling from God to uh, offer what I do have. Um, and I need to recognize my own limitations um, and, and rely on the grace of God to work within um, people's lives um, beyond what I can offer mm-hmm. uh, because I'm, I'm limited in, mm-hmm. in what I'm able to do. Um, and then it's, you know there are, there are lessons every week around and challenge I, I should say challenges to demonstrate grace uh-huh. um, when when folks that we know you know folks who I've known for years now and just don't understand you know why the cycle continues and, yeah. and just find myself asking the question why can't you just get it together <laughs> you uh-huh. know why can't you just hold down a job why can't you just break this cycle of addiction mm-hmm. um, and then. You know, there's a there's a lesson for me as I step back around how often does God ask those questions about me, uh-huh. <laughs> and and He hasn't taken His grace away from me yeah. for all of these years. You can get more information on the Change the Trend Network online at changethetrend.com. Thanks for joining us along the way today, and join me weekday mornings from six to ten a.m on 94.7 FM, The Word, as I introduce the teaching features along with the traffic and the weather. Then, back here on weekends, on Along the Way, I'll talk to you then.